Hello and welcome everyone to the March 26, 2020 podcast from Teller County. Today we're joined in studio by Chief Tyler Lambert of the Northeast Teller County Fire Department. Also Chief Dean O'Neill from the Cripple Creek Fire Department. Guys, great to have you. Thanks for coming in. Uh, Good morning. Thanks for having us. A lot of people out there probably are wondering, what is the fire department's role in the COVID response? Well, uh, fire department, we're 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 on the front line as with our first responders. You know, in, in Teller County, we have uh, all the volunteer fire agencies as well as the Northeast Teller and Cripple Creek, the two career agencies, and we support the uh, um, transport units, uh, the transport services where we provide. In my case with Cripple Creek, basic life support services, and with Netco Northeast Teller, they provide advanced life support services as well. So really, a, a, a dual response system where when someone calls on a normal day for a 911 call for an emergency medical service issue, then uh, we roll with them as well to support them. Then, of course, on the other side, with the fire department, we do our normal fire suppression duties and and those type of things. Now, that's on a normal day. All this with the uh, pandemic response and COVID-19, what we're looking at is how can we protect our people? So we really ramped up our training across the county, including all of our volunteer agencies, with our personal protective equipment and how we can respond to these calls. And what we've really tried to stress to our folks is this is just like a normal hazmat response where we take that moment to really kind of size up the situation and we go slower as far as when we get to the patients and what we do. We're still getting there in, in a quick time for response times, but uh, it's it's hazmat for us. It's just a different type of pathogen. So we slow things down, we evaluate the system, use a lot of good situational awareness, and then take care of business. And more than that, you guys are on the leadership team for the county response plan to this. Tyler, why don't you talk about what your role is in that uh, unified command structure? All right. uh, Thank you. So, yeah, um, this thing ramped up about, uh, gosh, I don't know, about 10 days ago or so. And uh, originally I was on a branch director taking care of a few different sectors in in that branch called divisions. Soon after that, OEM was the uh, operations section chief. That's Office of Emergency Management for people out there. He was uh, in that role first, and then uh, was just getting overwhelmed with so much going on that he uh, chose to bring me up to the operations section chief to uh, oversee seven different branches that we have in this incident command structure right now. So it's a little bit greater than what uh, we have in a wildfire response. So we've got a lot of great agencies, support throughout the region um, of Taylor County and in all disciplines that are part of this incident management team. And then Chief O'Neill here is, uh, he's one of our branch directors for the EMS section. Sheriff, how is this different? than a fire. Let's take Chateau, for instance. There are similarities and differences, right? There are. And the differences are we can't see this one coming. We don't know where it's coming from because it's a virus. So it's all around us. So what's the same? It's the same concept on running an operation like this. Everyone in the county falls under my authority, the County Operations of Emergency Management Authority, in these types of events. And here's the thing. We're not the best at this. You know, we try to be. But that's why we bring in experts from the fire departments that do this all the time. This is an operation that we would run for NIMS or National Incident Management System. It's how we set it up. It's how we deploy it. We've had a lot of practice in this county through fires and different emergency events for the last 20 years. I've been involved with a lot of those. But really, when it gets down to the brass tacks, um, you want fire guys that have a lot of experience, that understand the system, that can stand up those operations. They can work through the issues of dealing with a large amount of people break them into divisions, and really work through the issues quickly. And so what we've done in the county is this system streamlines all the information flow that goes to first responders, all the action plans that need to be done now. It's like a think tank also. These discussions go on daily. We have meetings daily on how we're going to approach it. 
how we're going to approach it for the next 45 minutes, how we're going to approach it in the next 30 days, how we're going to approach it in the next 45, 90 days. How long is it going to go? We don't know. So we work together in this county, probably more so than I've seen in any other county out there. Uh, we work very close. You know, I know Tyler and Dean. We meet at all kinds of meetings. See, there's a lot of planning that goes into this way ahead of time. What people don't realize, these are relationships. This has been a process that's been building for probably the last 10 years or more. And so they have regular fire chiefs meetings where all this is set up with the volunteer coordinations for other agencies. These two agencies, Northeast Teller Fire, Cripple Creek Fire, are our two full-time agencies for fires within the county. So I rely a lot on uh, these guys to make those good decisions. In fact, Tyler and I have worked a lot of fires together um, in the very beginning. Dean has come into kind of our family of Teller County fire chiefs and makes compliments it very well and is really taking on the training side and doing different things. And, uh, you know, we're going to get there. And it's only because we've got smart guys in the room and gals that really know how to run operations. And that's why this is working. And I think you really hit the point because one of the things is we meet regular. I mean, we're at everything together, all the training we do together. And so in the morning briefing, I think you can really see how everybody interacts so well. We all know each other. It is a first name basis. And so it's no, there's no egos. Everybody is the same. We're just giving our advice and expertise. And I think that's really says a lot about the people that we were, the leaders in our community. And that's probably one of the nice things with the, the instant command system is it's uh, scalable. So we teach people that it has to be as big to manage the event or as small to manage the event. And, Absolutely. And like Tyler mentioned before, we started off with one or two branches. We're up to seven now, and each one of those branches has four or five divisions underneath it. Whereas you mentioned that uh, both Tyler and I, a lot of experience in the instant command system and the way we do with fires. The nice thing is that our crews are trained that way that allows us to step away from our normal day-to-day -day operations. I have one of my captains now running the fire department while I'm able to do this at the, the county level. On the other side of that, we've had people now who just stepped into planning and just stepped into logistics, and they're just knocking this out of the park because after a couple of days of, of the system working, they, they see how it flows. And uh, we're providing guidance to them if they need it, and most of them just picked it up really quick and have gone very well with it. Oh, that's great. This situation is different in a lot of respects to other ones we've had. Even though there's a federal declaration, there's a state declaration, we don't have a state guy, we don't have a federal guy sitting in our command posts. They're not here. Right. You know, this is us dealing with it. And fortunately, because the county has been through so many disasters in the past, has trained us well, we're able to run these things without them. That's important for people to understand. There's no helping hand in this system right now. This is us. And this is our county and our first responders that are responding to it. Across the country, you have every group of fire department, law enforcement, and hospital public health engaged, but within their own areas. Right. Nobody ever thought anything like this would happen. Nobody had the ability to forecast that every agency would be doing this on their own within their own jurisdictions. And all that training for the National Incident Management System is kicking in with or without federal assistance. Sure. Even our, our state strategic stockpile shows up of stuff. It's two boxes. <laughs> That's right. Everything that everyone has been doing has been out of the box thinking to prepare us for what's coming, uh, what may come, we don't know for sure, but we're prepared. And I think that goes out to everybody that's really working on the ground right now. It's been amazing. You know, Sheriff, uh, one of the big things is the community. 
the outpouring from the business leaders in the community. Look at the roads. There's nobody on the roads. Them stepping up and doing the senior shopping. I think it's incredible how people are like, how can we help? The volunteers, you know, delivering food or dropping off food. I think it just says a lot about our community. Well, Renee, that's something, too. That that community response is inside the backbone of that NIM system. Sure. These guys are monitoring, maintaining that. So if you don't have the infrastructure and you don't have the backbone built, none of this works. So if it wasn't for Tyler and Dean and many, many others, we wouldn't have that happening. All emergencies are local. I like to tell folks that emergency management is like a football game. You know, we have a, a great uh, series of downs, but at some point we're going to have to punt. So if you've got a good team, punt. Move on to the next series. Yeah, and with that too, you know, we, we've got a lot of experience in the incident management team that we're uh, putting together. I can tell you there's a lot of inexperienced uh, folks that are in, in those management um, areas too. So uh, first time incident for some of those that uh, we plugged in and they're doing a wonderful job. So um, it, t- it takes everyone to be able to Sometimes do Sometimes it. it's learning while you're swimming. Absolutely. And I've passed this along to uh, some of our crews as well as uh, this could be a career event for a lot of folks. We, we're, again, like the sheriff mentioned, we haven't seen this before. But, you know, it's a snowstorm or it's a hurricane or it's a wildfire or it's a building collapse. That's how the instant command system works. Well, I told a lot of our folks that, you know, this is something you may hopefully never see again in your career. You see that it works by us being good team members and, and going through the process. Dean, I'd like you to talk about getting our information out there where, you know, how folks can get that without having to call into our dispatch, our emergency dispatchers. Absolutely. Unless unless it's an emergency, don't call 911. We, we have enough websites set up, uh, especially through the sheriff's office and through the health department, even our own agencies mirroring the things that we see out there. So if you have a question about it, especially in this last 24 hours, now we have a uh, order from the governor to shelter in place. Uh, if you have questions about that, don't dial 911 and ask those questions of them. There's lots of resources out there that uh, we'll, we'll mention those websites that are available to you. But instead of calling 911 and tying up those emergency lines, you can go and get the official information that's been vetted and all the information that we're releasing in the county comes through our instant command system. So it's official information and, and you can understand that the folks putting that out there have the right information. So please don't call 911 just to get official information. By all means, if it's an emergency, call 911 medical, fire, as you normally would. But let's let's not uh, overload our dispatchers who are doing a great job already with uh, having to clear a bunch of questions. It's a great time to mention that there is a website out there for official information straight from the Joint Information Center in this incident management team, and that is tellercovid.com. We will post every executive order, every public health order, every piece of information that you need to know will go straight to that website immediately. And something too, Greg, can the audience go ahead and share that on Facebook from our website and help us get the word out to all their neighbors? Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of our referred traffic to that site is from Facebook. So if you want to help us out, if you want to help your community out, you want to help the first responders out, go to tellercovid.com, copy and paste a link from that website into Facebook. That way everybody can see that, and that's how our traffic flows through there in the majority of our hits. So we we really would appreciate that. Plus, we have our podcast there as well as this one will be too. So, Tyler, let's let's talk about how – folks might see a different level of response when they call for medical assistance right now? We're going to slow our response down quite a bit. So when we get to your house, you're going to be asked a bunch of questions. You might see our, our uh, personnel in different types of masks or gowns or things like that. Um, it's to protect them. We've got to be able to protect them uh, for the long haul. This is going to go on for some time, uh, we're guessing. Uh, until that's over, with, uh, we're going to slow our response down. So through dispatch centers, you'll be asked specific questions. 
please tell them the, the honest truth. It's only going to protect everyone um, that's responding to you. We'll be there when you when you call us, but just be prepared that we're going to be slowing it down quite a bit. Uh, we'll be asking you a, a bunch of extra questions. Yeah, I think it's important to note that the reason for all this and the, and the things that you're going to see now, probably never seen before as far as how an EMS crew comes up to your house when you need them, how a fire crew comes up to your house when you need them, how many people they let go into your house when you need that as well. So be calm. You know, it's not it's not anything about you. We have to protect the finite resources that we have in first responders. So that's that's what the policies are right now. Yeah, you are correct. Yeah, the uh, procedures that we've developed, uh, they're best practices that we've learned not only from uh, what we need to do here in, in uh, the county, but also these are for recommendations from the CDC and, and from the National Institute of Health and other large EMS organizations. So they're designed for two things. One, we always want to make sure that we have resilience, resiliency and protect our uh, first responders because we're going to be out there for a while. We need to be there and be healthy and keep going on these calls. The other side of that is these same procedures that we've developed are designed to help the community as well because we want to limit our exposure to you. We also want to limit your potential exposure from us. So we, we have these guidelines set in place for us to really get a good situational awareness and, and not uh, create more problems than the problems that we're solving. The fire department typically and historically is more adept at working inside the incident management system. Why don't you talk about how what you're seeing as far as how now law enforcement's in it, now public health is in it, and all the other county agencies are in it. What are you seeing there? That framework was designed for every and all instance. And actually, law enforcement's been now involved for probably the last 20 years that I know of. We really got involved after 9-11, starting to get us into that mix. Um, and there was a national push to really get us into understanding how those things run. The state kind of further complicated it for me a little bit because it, it really put the sheriff's office at the top of that chain of command for these. And in the beginning, we didn't have a lot of the understanding of what that meant. And and I'll, I'll be honest, you know, Tyler's been a mentor for years dealing with these systems for me. So learning on how to uh, manage and how to work on these things. And, and really that whole system for me at the top is really designed to develop relationships. And, and make sure that we are working within that framework to continue those things. My job on a day-to-day basis is, to, is really to be the person out in front showing the community I'm, I'm here and we're making good decisions. The second piece to that is to maintain and continue the relationship building that needs to be done with, you know, the city of Woodland Park, the city of Cripple Creek, all the organizations. That's what my job is. It's, it's for the, the big question, the big needs but really everything that gets done during these events is, is done at Tyler's level, at Dean's level. That's where those decisions are made. The OEM for this county, uh, Don Angel, great leader. He's one of those black and white, this is how it is, and I want to see it done yesterday, not today. And, and that's really what's needed in this type of an event. We, you have to make decisions quickly. They're fluid decisions. So he and I are constantly making decisions on what next. I'm, I'm very fortunate I have Don Angel to work with. And it really takes it to out of the, the county structure, out of the political structure, and really identifies and adapts the decision-making to where it needs to be. You're talking about professional leadership. It is. It's a professional leadership piece. You can't make decisions in a vacuum nor by committee in this type of event. It has to be done quickly, and you have to have the right people making the decisions right now. Now, there are other decisions like emergency declarations, things that fall to commissioners and city councils that have to be done. And they're just as much of a partner in this 
because they're the ones that deal with the financial obligations issues. And it's extremely important to work with them on all these things, and, and they have a lot of authority. But on day-to-day decision-makings, it has to be done through that chain and, and by these gentlemen. They're the ones that give us the questions and pose those issues that, hey, we got to have this. That comes straight from the ground where the troops are that are getting things accomplished, and you have to have that done rapidly. Really, all in all, law enforcement is merged with the fire agencies in understanding and working within those realms. But the other side of it is we have to know, too, sometimes as law enforcement, you know, where does that stop? Maybe it's better to have somebody else that can make a decision a little bit better than what we can. And I think uh, that's where this system takes out the egos. Tyler is actually in charge of all law enforcement in the county right now. He's in charge of fire departments, law enforcement agencies, and he makes great decisions. He sees it from maybe a different angle of the wide uh, way of looking at uh, resources and responders. And uh, that's important. How often do you have a sheriff turn over all his authority to a fire guy? Not during volleyball games, I know that. Not during volleyball games, but that's because we just want you to, to win sometimes. <laughs> Appreciate that. Appreciate that. But uh, you know, there's there's good friendships and relationships, and this county is uh, fortunate that most all of us have worked so long together that we're able to make decisions. And it's there's there's not the fight. Go somewhere else around the state and see how many fights you're going to see at, at those levels. That's the back door nobody sees. And you can always tell a good operation by how much is being accomplished. Because uh, if you if somebody's fighting over where to put the tents, you got a problem. When, when you're able to get things done and built in 48 hours, you have some success stories. And this county has a lot of success stories right now. Well, I think as a group, uh, as a county group, especially with all the different moving parts that are in there, you know, when this first hit, we always have that quick little ramp up to any type of emergency. And then we start uh, trying to get resources involved. And for the first couple of days, you know, we're kind of uh, stepping over our feet going, okay, we got to do this, we got to do that, we got to do that. Fortunately, like the sheriff mentioned, you know, we've got Don and there's our OEM. And he's worked some of the biggest events on the West Coast of the United States. Some of the things he's done is amazing. So it's good because we all speak the same language, but he also knows find the right people, put them in charge, and leave them alone, and, and let them go do what they need to do. And once that kicked in after a couple of days, and we had our unified command group uh, just kind of give us the direction saying, okay, you have this branch, you have this division, make it happen, we'll talk about it tomorrow and see what need to, needs to be changed, reviewed, evaluated, changed, whatever, uh, that's what's happened with us. And now we're, you know, we're two weeks into this, and uh, we have a good we have a good team. We've got a good process. We're, we're kind of stabilized to that point where we're ready for that next part, that part I mentioned about, hey, we're about to punt. What do we do? We go with the next series of downs. So we're in a good position right now. Yeah, I think just to piggyback off that, too, is, uh, you know, we can lean on each other to uh, ask questions, you know, not knowing um, what law enforcement exactly does in, in my position as uh, operations. We've got somebody in, in charge of that under me that uh, that knows that specific job. John Gomes, uh, yeah. John Gomes is in, involved in that. And, uh uh, same with uh, fire. We've got a fire guy that's on the, on the, on the fire side of it, um, all the way down to uh, economic and recovery issues. We've got a uh, county commissioner that's kind of leading that up for us, Mark Dettenreader. He knows that kind of stuff. So we put people in positions um, that can get the job done. And when we and, and when we don't know, we just ask our neighbor, and, and we'll get that answer um, to that question. Yeah, we didn't do a lot of economic development in uh, fire chief school. <laughs> so finding the right person to put in charge there makes all the I'm, I've got a, a testing site and uh, a uh, auxiliary medical center that uh, didn't learn about that in fire chief school either. You find the right people to do it, it makes it happen. You know, it's interesting, too, because we've had great success with the city of Woodland Park. Darren's the city administrator, and he's working with us. We have the uh, Cripple Creek city administrator, the Victor city administrator, the county administrator. 
We meet with them. And what people don't understand, too, is that the sheriff's department under this circumstance, I work for all of those folks. You know, it's a county response. And so this group is a county response, not Teller County government, just Teller County as a whole. And that's citizens, government entities, and everyone. And sometimes I think that's hard because we're in our own little silos at certain times. And now there are no silos. It's just you're under one authority. This is it. Just like a hurricane, just like a tornado, just like a fire, there is one ultimate authority, and that is that OEM, this command structure, and that is it. And and I think everybody understands that, and it seems like you've got a lot of good city councilmen from Cripple Creek and Whittle Park and Victor that are really working together, and it's nice to see everyone working together on this and, and getting a debrief as to what's happening and, and understanding and, and working within this structure. So kudos to every one of them in the county that are doing this because uh, that is that is not easy. That's like the House versus the Senate sometimes. But I tell you what, they're doing a great job. Well, I'll tell them myself, I'm from Oklahoma, so we dealt with a lot of massive tornadoes. And the diff- the culture shock for me just personally was this is like a – tornado every day for three weeks. This is a long-term event. It's unprecedented. You know, nobody's ever dealt with anything like this. No. Not on this level. You're, you're talking about a national security event that we're dealing with locally in-house. Chiefs, some of the people out there might be wondering or worrying that there's, the levels of service are going to decrease because of all this stuff going on. What can you tell them? I can tell you that our level of service is going to remain the same. And actually, through the cooperation of the community, uh, they've kind of helped ensure that. Because now with the, the fact that the businesses have shut down and uh, the casinos are shut down, which for us is a, a big event in uh, Cripple Creek, those resources that we would be expending on regular day-to-day operations and calls, we're not doing that. Our call volume has dropped because of that. People are heeding the warnings. They're staying at home like they're supposed to. So that allows us to be ready for this next event. Service level is going to stay exactly the same. When you call, we're coming. Yeah, and for us here uh, in, in the city of Woodland Park uh, for Netco, um, our call volume has not dropped off. Um, we actually have, have uh, responded to more calls in the last couple of weeks than, than on average. We have the same staff on duty today as we did uh, two weeks ago or a month ago, and, and we'll continue that as long as everybody stays healthy to uh, fight this together. It's a, We're all in this together. Nobody's going to be able to do it themselves, and um, we're here to help any way we can. Uh, we just got to protect our responders. And that includes uh, you know law enforcement, uh, public works, everybody that's in this structure. You know, Greg, it's funny. Our our calls for service have dropped for crimes. Triple Creek, Woodland Park, uh, us, the criminals aren't coming out. And I'm happy to say that. I think that uh, everybody is understanding what's what's going on. But people are making better choices right now. We've not had near the call volume that we would normally see this time of year, which is amazing. I think we're probably down by 70%, which is just unreal, which allows all those first responders to be assisting with these uh, types of events and helping with security issues, monitoring grocery stores, different places, just to be seen more, be more visible. And I think that that's pretty impressive. You know, who, who would have guessed that that would have been an outcome out of this? But really, you're seeing the community come together. We have a very, very intelligent community. They're informed. Um, and I think that that makes a difference. So to stay informed, be sure to visit tellercovid.com. It is the consolidated official information source for folks in Teller County. We'll make sure that our producer, Tommy, puts that in the podcast description. Chiefs, thank you so much for coming in today. I think it was really beneficial for the public to hear directly from you. And I think that you'll assuage a lot of fears and concerns out there by coming in and talking with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us.
This podcast was made possible by the Teller County Honorary Deputy Sheriff's Association. The HDSA is a nonprofit organization dedicated to increasing public safety and awareness by providing safety and survivability equipment to deputies, administering community events like Shop with a Hero, and enabling information programs like this podcast. 